Well, today we're going to be uh, dealing with uh, something common to all of us. I mean, there are just certain things about us as humans that uh, it's everybody deals with it. And here's the thing we're talking about today, complaining or grumbling. Mm. We all do it. Hi, this is Eric Hurd, and my podcast is called Relationships by the Book. So why that title? Well, I lived 18 years of my life apart from God, apart from His Word. And my family was one of the most dysfunctional families to grow up in, and we didn't understand relationships. And when I came to know Christ, it absolutely transformed me from the inside out. And I began to understand God's wisdom because I dug into His Word and I saw how much He had to say about relationships. I've been a pastor now for over 45 years, and so this podcast is really an accumulation of the wisdom God's given me in relationships that I want to share with you. Welcome back to the podcast, Eric. Michael, how are you this morning? Good, super good. I, uh, I took the toll road over here. And man, the snow on the mountains is crazy. Oh, come on. We haven't had this kind of snow in Southern California. I I actually can't remember a time. I mean, looking at Saddleback Mountain, the snow level is like down to about a thousand feet. I mean, it's snowing in places that you go, no way, like Disneyland reported snow yesterday. Yeah. That's crazy. I love it. I think it's really cool. Oh, absolutely. Now, see, you've done the opposite of what I want to talk about today. You've uh, talked about, you know, how, how good life is, you know, <laughs> you talked about creation, but today I'm talking about the whole area of grumbling and complaining. You know, Michael, I, I, as I think about it, it's one of the easiest things to do because as humans, we're constantly observing things, we're in conversations and, uh, you know, researchers uh, say that we grumble at least once every minute. Every minute. Every minute. There are things in a given day we don't really think about. Like I I was reading a study recently that that we have over 30,000 decisions in any given day. No wonder at the end of the day you're just exhausted. I was going to say that sounds exhausting. (laughs) It is. Decisions, yeah. But but then this whole area of complaining, and I I just wondered, you know, uh, when you think about your own life, what are the things that you're most uh, apt to complain about? Oh, God. you know what's funny is you today I'm saying, oh, how beautiful the snow is. But I actually get fairly bothered by rain. Mm. I can't stand just walking in and out of the house with wet shoes, in and out of my car. You know, you get your hair the way you want it in the morning, and then an hour later you see your catch yourself in the mirror in the bathroom. And you're like, gosh, I look terrible. Or, you know, it's just I find rain to be a pain in the butt. <laughs> Well, and you know, that's see how easy it was for you to come up with something oh, like no that. No problem. <laughs> and uh, you know, there, there's a there's a verse I want to focus in on today because it, it's very simple. It's one that's easily memor you know memorized, and it's out of Philippians two fourteen. In fact, I remember uh, doing a Bible study with a group of men, and I I made this challenge because in 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 uh, Philippians two fourteen, Paul says, "Do all things not not some all things without grumbling and complaining." Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we, we were studying this passage, and I, I put the challenge out, try going one day without grumbling and complaining. I got more responses off of that than anything of guys going, 
that sucks. I can't do it. Oh, man, I, I was leaving the Bible study. I, I go, man, it's cold out here. I, I grumbled right away. And, and so it's something that comes incredibly natural to us. And yet here we have the scripture saying we shouldn't do it. Mm. So the question comes, first of all, why would scripture tell us to not grumble and complain? What, what do you think are some of the reasons? Oh, gosh. There's a, for me, grumbling or complaining, it, it comes like the, the core of that is a place of, of ungratefulness, right? Yes. So, discontent. Discontent. Sorry, yeah. that's a better word. Uh, so yeah, I, like that's where my mind immediately kind of goes, why shouldn't I? Well, if I'm content, I'm not complaining. Yeah. And, and so that's one reason. Yeah. Okay. What else? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I know the scriptures tell us to encourage those around us, right? Encourage others. And yeah. so it's discouraging when we complain, right? Absolutely. It sucks energy out of the room. In fact, it's very interesting. Uh, you know, those who study the brain, neurologists uh, will tell you that when you complain, your neurons branch out to each other and, so that there's an ease of, of, of a flow of information. And literally what that means is it makes it easier to complain next time. And so it becomes habitual. That's why they're saying people tend to complain about once every minute. That's insane. Mm. But, but uh, you know, the, the interesting thing is, is it, it doesn't just affect you where you become small and ungrateful, but it actually uh, affects others. You know, there's this uh, what is called neurological mirroring. In other words, you begin to have an influence in people around you. Like just, you know, think, of, maybe do a little experiment where you get together with a group of people and, and maybe you go, hey guys, I got to tell you something. And you complain about something, about kind of natural, like like you go, man, I can't believe, you know, I was going to work and, and this guy didn't even signal, almost slammed into me. What, what neurological mirroring will do is somebody else will go, oh yeah, I had the same thing. And all of a sudden the group is all complaining. Yeah. And so there's this, you know, even neuroscience recognizes that complaining doesn't just affect you and makes you small, makes you ungrateful, but it also affects everybody else around you. Like you said, the scriptures say, you know, to, that we're to encourage one another. Well, when we grumble and complain, we actually influence the people around us toward neurological mirroring. So why should we care what the people around us are doing? Well, uh, first of all, <laughs> it's a huge question. It's such a great question. You know, I, I think about, you know, when, you know, prior to coming to know Christ, I actually didn't care about people. Uh, I, I was so in my own head. I, I so cared about what I was thinking, what I was doing, that I didn't think, you know, I had any influence on anybody. And, uh, and yet we have, by our actions, by our words, by by you know our example we influence people all the time yeah and, and these days well you know people make a living and there's this new title in the world influencer yeah you know i just i think there's this like i don't know we're on the we're on the frontier of uh this mainstream influencer bubble and i i think it's so important to know why right now and i know that's a huge question we could probably do an entire podcast on why but I'm just sorry to catch you off guard here. No. Why, why do we care about how we influence others, Christian or not? You know, I think that's a very important question. It, it really is. And, you know, when I, when I think about my own life, because, you know, I was talking about, you know, before I came to know Christ, I just didn't care about anybody. I was so self-absorbed. Then I come to know Christ, 
And I start to study the scriptures, especially in the New Testament. I start, you know, reading the Gospels. I started seeing the life of Christ. And what do you see in this man? He is magnetic. He draws people in. Why? Because he speaks truth. He is so affirming. I mean, it's so interesting to me, you know, just how many times God affirms his love towards us. God affirms his care for us. And, uh, you know, and, and I look at that, and what does that do to me? It, it feels right and it feels good. Well, what he does for us, he wants to for us to do turn and do likewise. You know, like like uh, you know the the whole area uh, area of Christ's life was you know he fed the poor, you know he healed the lame, you know uh, he he was constantly encouraging and caring for other people, and he and he said he's the one who has set the example for us. In other words, go and do likewise. Mm -hmm. Remember when uh, the story of uh, where he washed the disciples' feet? Mm -hmm. Here was this simple act. And, and by the way, that was culturally really important because yeah. it was because, you know, you're, you're, you're walking in dirt. And, uh, and so you come into somebody's house and, and you, you don't want to bring that filth into their house. So there would usually be a basin of water and, and, a, and, a, and a cloth or towel. And, uh, but, you know, when Jesus walked into this house to enjoy a meal, nobody washed anybody's feet. There wasn't a slave. There, the, the, the people of the household didn't do it. The disciples didn't do it. Here they had God, and they didn't do it. But then Jesus knelt. Yeah. And your, he washed their hands. Their hands are uh, making a loud noise with the microphone there. So that, I, I really shouldn't do that. <laughs> it's just I'm trying to add emphasis. And so what does Jesus do? He, he washes their feet, and he says, what I have done, I've given you an example. So Jesus' example of how he influenced others led to a movement that is over 2 billion strong. Mm. That's the church. So in terms of how we influence, it's not that we influence. It's how we influence. Mm. Like there are some influencers that are highly materialistic. All they're talking about is their latest gadget, their latest clothing, purse, shoes, whatever it may be. And their influence is materialism. Well, who needs that? Right. Where, where you lead people into debt, buying things they don't need to impress people they don't know. Well, so you can be an influencer, but what kind of influence are you having? Mm. I would hope, I think everybody listening to this podcast, you know, by the end of our life, we, we will hope that we influenced and made the earth a better place. Right. Yeah. So when it comes to grumbling and complaining, why should we care about that? Because, you know, neuroscience says it isn't just about you. You end up affecting everybody around you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm going to go back to that original question is, is what's the downside? You know, like, you know, constantly in, in life, especially in business, you do a cost benefit analysis. What's the cost of grumbling? Oh, there's, yeah, I think there's tremendous cost. Yeah. I, you know, what's interesting is sometimes I'll find myself trying not to mm -hmm. because I'll, uh, you know, I, I tend to desire to be a positive person. Yes. Right? And by yeah. the way, you are. That's why I love hanging with you. I've I been affirmed in that, yeah. yeah. Like people say, you know, I, I have a positive attitude, right? Right. And I, I think many people do. But um, what's interesting is when you try to be positive, sometimes, you, you, like you said with that Bible study group, it can be a huge challenge mm -hmm. throughout your day. And it's a choice we have to make over and over and over again. And it can be exhausting. Um, but it, you can, it's a muscle that you can exercise, right? Yes, 
Well, it, what, what you're talking about is how do you get to there? And, and we're going to deal with that in just a second about intentionality. Okay. But going back to the cost, the cost. of grumbling, you know, first of all, it does make you appear small. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because, you know, the, most of the stuff we complain about, seriously, is it really that big? Right. Stale cereal. You know, mm -hmm. who didn't who didn't clip the, you know, the or the Ziploc thing right? Yeah. And why is my cereal, you know, stale? We'll complain it's too cold and, and then it's too hot. Yeah. And uh, we'll complain about traffic. We live in Southern California, Michael. Is 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 traffic a good thing? <laughs> no. Are there crazy drivers? Yeah. Why do we have to state it? It's like a known. Yeah, we should we should expect it every time we leave the house. Yeah, but you know, like when you were when you uh, talked about going down the toll road, and uh, and then you looked over the mountains immediately. I thought uh, last night I drove up uh, Newport Coast Drive, and and for anybody listening to the podcast, it's just this hill behind our church, but it's one of the highest points in, in South County, and, and I got to the top and I just looked. And I went, oh my gosh, the mountains were gorgeous, just white on the on the tips of them, and then against a blue sky. There weren't clouds at the time, and so when you said, oh man, I was driving down the toll roads, looking at the mountains, immediately it lifted me. And uh, you know, the, the one of the things in in neuroscience, you know, is the whole issue of dopamine. Yeah. Like when we're happy, when we're laughing, you know, uh, it's released. Well, what does dopamine do? It, it relaxes our muscles. There is, it's just, it's, it creates a joy. So when you're grumbling and complaining, it's just the opposite. And everybody joins in on it. So what's the detriment? It, it makes us small. You know, it, it takes other people down with us. People begin to look at us as small. And, you know, think about it. I, and you don't have to name anybody. But have you ever been around somebody that constant, constantly complains? Oh, yes. Oh lordy! Like if you've ever been to a, a like a, a a social engagement, and somebody starts complaining about their spouse, I mean, what does that do? It's, it's no fun. No. First of all, you don't really know their spouse, and, and then you're going, "Why are you saying these things?" Mm -hmm. You know, or like I work in the church world. I'm a pastor, and what is the funniest thing is after a message is given, standing out in the patio and listening to people. Now, there are people who go, oh, my gosh, that message was amazing. I can't, oh, oh, uh, you know. But then you'll get these people go, you know, he, he really isn't as biblical as he should be. Mm -hmm. You know, he hardly mentioned the Bible, you know. And uh, he goes, you know, that wasn't one of his best. When somebody says that, I want to go, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, like, uh, like when I go in, uh, you know, to a worship center, I'm listening to somebody speak. You know, I've, I see them as the voice of God. If I focus in on, God, what are you trying to say to me? I don't care who's preaching. I don't care how articulate they are, their pitch, their stories. I go, wow, God, that is something I need to remember. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so people that, that complain are hard to be around. They influence others. It makes them small. Mm -hmm. and, and honestly, it doesn't move people in the right direction. You know, like, you know, when you think of, uh, like, say, Satan and his demonic forces, one of the names for Satan that is most common in the New Testament is the father of lies. The father of lies, right. Yeah. And, and why, why is that a big deal? Because as we think, so we are, is what Jesus said. 
So if I start to think of my world in lies or in criticism or grumbling, that's the view I have, and I act out of it. See, so, so, so when somebody's compl complaining or grumbling a lot, it, it makes me small. It gets, it, it gets me in a narrow thinking pattern, yeah. and I, I start to get negative. Yeah, we're victims of deception at that point, right? Oh, Lordy. Yeah. All we got to do is look back. Do you remember that we had an election in the United States two years ago? <laughs> remember that one? Yeah. Yeah, Trump and Biden. And I mean, if you wanted to get people going on complaining, all you had to do is, man, can you believe this election? That's, that, that's all you got to say. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, people take off. The fire was lit. Oh, exactly. People had st such strong feelings either way. Either way. Yeah. And I don't mind having a conversation, but, but if it's just to grumble and complain, it's of no value to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's the natural bent. But, you know, there's a lot of things that come natural to us. Like, do you like bacon? I do. Oh, man, you you put on some bacon on a stove or whatever, it will gather men. Yeah. It is, it, it, it is some men's love language, you know, biting into bacon. But, you know, if you, it's one thing to have a few pieces of bacon, whole nother thing to eat two pounds of bacon at the same time. It may taste good, but it's going to have an effect on your health. Sure, yeah. So there are going to be times we're going to complain. But, man, if you do it a lot, it really does affect you and it affects everybody around you. So the operative question is, if it's an unhealthy exercise, you know, then the question comes, so how do I get to where I don't complain? Hmm. What do you do? Okay, let's hear it. So I know, I'm asking you. <laughs> You're a wise young man. Oh gosh, um, not that I know, but I do try. Mm -hmm. I do try to be positive. Um, my dad was a big influence on me, and my yeah. dad had this. He had a white piece of paper on his desk that had a. He had written this down. He said, "I'm as positive and productive as possible at, in every given moment," or something like that. Yeah. Or yeah. And I think I just, I must have seen that it it was a benefit to my dad because yeah. he chose to be positive. And so from a young age, I chose, I, it's a choice I've made to have a positive attitude. I think it really is a choice. And when you see it helping and benefiting somebody around you, it's an easy choice to make. Yeah. Yes. See, see again, think about the people you love to be around. Right. I could just name them one after another. Why do I want to be around them? Like last night, man, my buddy, he goes, hey, why don't you come over and I'll cook us some steaks. And he got this, this prime rib and he cut it into these, like this thick three inch steak. Oh, wow. And, uh, and so I go over and then he bought one of his favorite wines and then he made this special drink from Brazil. And I mean, he just, he just wined and dined me at his house because he, he's a, he's kind of a chef. Yeah. And uh, of course, if he ever hears this, he would say, no, I am a chef, not kind of a chef. Anyway, <laughs> but like, it wasn't just the food. The whole conversation was just this mutual affirmation we had for each other, talking about the good things that are happening, you know, in our culture. You know, like we were talking about this new movie that came out, Jesus Revolution, how it affected us, what we thought about the movie. We talked about our wives and, you know, our wives are just amazing. 
unique amongst all other women. And we had this great conversation about our wives. We were talking about trips we had taken and, and the beauty of something like he was talking to me about the Amazon and he's going, oh yeah, you know, there's no one, you know, around you, you're going down. And he goes, he goes, you're catching fish that look prehistoric. And, you know, and, and as, as I left his house, I was driving home going, that was awesome. Why? I literally, as I'm sitting here with you right now, because it just happened last night, I can't think of one negative thing he said. <laughs> Not one. And, and, and I'm going... So what's that about? Well, again, in this field of neuroscience, it's not just that you and I can talk from a physical plane, like, you know, and talk about words and, and you know, we're thinking about, well, what's the positive thing about, you know, not grumbling and complaining? But in neuroscience, here we go again, by not complaining and yet being affirming, encouraging, grateful, it affects you neurologically. It affects you in your health. And, and we want to be around people who are positive. So I think one of the ways that we can avoid grumbling and complaining, number one, it has to be a, an admittance, a confession. That is a natural thing for me to do. Yeah, Okay. absolutely. So I, I admit that, but then I become intentional. And that is I go, I don't want to do that anymore. Okay, now, so how do you stop it? Well, one of the things you got to be careful of, um, You've golfed before. Okay. Okay. And uh, what what do they say about, you know, how you think when you go to take your next shot? Like in golf, golf's like life. You can't, you know, undo the shot you just took. Might have been a bad shot. You can't take the neck or, or, or two shots forward. You can think about it. The only shot you have is the next one. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. When you step up to that ball, the thing you don't want to do is say, don't slice it. <laughs> don't hit it into the water. Yeah. Don't don't slam it into the ground. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that, uh, don't think about a blue elephant. That, you, there, you can't help yourself. That's right? it. That's it. And, and so so instead of saying don't grumble and complain, what do I want to do? It's what you said earlier on in this podcast, is I choose to be a grateful person. Mm. I choose to be an encouraging person. I choose to be an affirming person. Like, I, I will honestly tell you, Michael, in all my years of walking with Jesus, which has been, I, did you know it's been 50 years? 50 years? 50 years. From the day you I, were born? I, or no, what? no. I, <laughs> I came to know Jesus in 1973, right in the heyday of the Jesus Revolution. and uh, But in these 50 years, I've never met a person who says, hey, don't encourage me. I, I get too much. Yeah, right. I mean, we love encouragement. So, so what I like the golf metaphor. I don't say I'm not going to grumble and complain. I don't want to grumble and. I am going to choose to be a grateful, affirming, encouraging person, and watch what happens. You know what? Your Crystal and I yeah. have. Um, we've developed a pretty interesting accountability with each other in mm -hmm. this realm. Yes. And it's funny that I'm not thinking of it. I just thought of it now as we're 20 minutes into this podcast. Yeah. But uh, we were on our way to the lake yeah. the first time we ever took you and Debbie together to go camp in a tent. Oh, and yeah. I remember we're, we left our house at five and you guys had trouble getting out of the driveway. Yeah. And, and from the first moment we left the house, Crystal and I were like, you know what? My Crystal's talking to me. She yeah. goes, my mom, camping, this is going to be a challenge yeah like and uh debbie we had talked for months preparing and mm -hmm. she wanted to be prepared she came into the trip with a positive attitude i was so impressed with my mother-in-law 
And but Crystal and I had set our expectations really well. Yeah. We were prepared to love and serve no her, matter what. Debbie on this trip. Well, everyone had a great time. No one had to do anything out of the normal, but our expectations, I remember we we came home from that trip and got we were ready for a storm, we were ready to cancel, we were ready for it to unravel. Yeah. And we left that first trip thinking we're going to do this every year and we have ever since. Mm. And I remember the next year we went and I was like, oh, Debbie did great last year. We're going to be fine. We ended up having different issues. Like I, I had these expectations like we're going to heaven to go camping at the lake. And I remember I'm driving home I'm like, gosh, next time we got to do this and we got to do this different. And Crystal's like, remember the trip before? And so ever since then, we, we have this little reminder that we say, you know, there's going to be rough water. Yeah. There's going to be rough water. And I think when we um, – we do experience God's grace, right? Yeah. Where there's these great moments. You had dinner last night. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the oven couldn't have not maybe failed or something could have happened that could have ruined that evening. But right. God's grace allowed you guys to have that great evening. The food turned out. The wine was good, everything, right? But I think it's important that we expect trouble. Yes. Well, okay, what you just hit on is, 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 is that's a gold mine. And that is, I think a lot of our complaining is our expectations are way too high. Yeah. Like, what if I went on to the highway and I said, you know what? There's some people that are going to be distracted. There's going to be some people that have to take a phone call. There's going to be some people that are distracted and they're not going to signal when they turn right or left. Yeah. What if I go into the world recognizing, oh my gosh, there's humans. I'm going into a war zone. Yeah. Exactly. So lower, that's a great insight to lower your expectations. Then you're not apt to go into grumbling and complaining. Yeah. I, you know, we get our kids all hyped up. Hey, okay, guys, you got to eat your breakfast. We're going to a birthday party today. It's going to be so great. We go to a birthday party and they go in the bounce house for two minutes and they get bored. And dad, I want to do, I want more cake. I want, it's like, we're at a birthday. What are you, why aren't you having fun with all these kids? We get them so hyped up, and yeah. I think we do it to each other sometimes. But I, Crystal and I tested this. We yeah, told yeah. we we've taken our kids to Hawaii one time, yeah. and um, it was we saved for it, we planned it. And I remember when we first started planning, I said, "I really want to make sure the kids have a good time." So what we told our children is, "Hey guys, mom and dad, we, we this is something we got to do. We have to go to Hawaii, and we're gonna have to go to all these different beaches." Yeah. And we just framed it up like it's yeah. not gonna be that great. Yeah. We have to go do this. We're going to go. St- there is a hotel. It's kind of got some kids stuff. It's like Disney built this hotel. So it's kind of for kids. And they, th- we, that was the coolest trip we've ever been on. Like, okay, because guys. kept their, their expectations lower. Really low. Like everything that was good was a surprise, you know. And, uh, that, you know, it's crazy because I've exercised this. I've learned it. God sh- revealed this to me. And I still fail at it all the time. Oh. Well, you know, I, I think of the illustrations you just led or led with, and I'm going, you know, think about the Christian life. And I remember when I first became a Christian, and the guy that was so influential in my coming to Christ said, oh, you can't believe it, Eric. When you come to know Christ, things just work. Things just go so smooth. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, at the time I, I, I surfed, and he goes, it's like being eternally tubed. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> and, and, I mean, he's talking about this. And then I hit my first, you know, like... Uh, where I got criticized for my faith, yeah. and uh, and then I went through some really horrible things with my family, and life wasn't working. Life wasn't easy. It was a setup, 
And, and so lowering expectations is a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's like I, I love when people go, man, I'd never go to church. You know, Christians are just a bunch of hypocrites. And now I've learned to look at the person and go, and you're not. We all are. We all are. And, and so, and that's not grumbling complaining. It's just a statement of reality. It is. So I love that idea of lowering expectations, but 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 it, it's that idea then accelerate in something else, which is the affirmation and encouragement. Like uh, in, in any given day, we have such an opportunity to influence others, and. Uh, like for me, there are days that I'm very focused and intentional about everybody I'm around that I just am going to affirm them about something. Mm. And it, be, it could be something I've affirmed about, about them before, but I just take the time, you know, to, to say it and then watch their reaction. Oh, it's just, it's life. It's putting wind into your sails. And, uh, and so I, I do think that the way to get through this whole thing of grumbling and complaining is I just become a grateful, grateful person myself. And then as I think of navigating my life with my family, with my neighbors, with my friends, at church, wherever it might be, is that I'm going to be that affirming person. Mm-hmm. And I'm you not are, gonna, And I'm not going to be in my mind you going, are. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not grumble and complain. You got you to go to the positive. It's the golf analogy. And I appreciate your saying that. I, I do believe I'm an encouraging person, but I'm fully aware of my ability to grumble and complain. Sure. Yeah. Good. That's, I mean, we all need to seek that, right? You know where my temptation is to grumble and complain? Is like, I'm very service oriented. Like I love serving people. Oh yeah. I've seen you do it. Like for me as a pastor, it's not a noun, it's a verb. It's what I do. Mm -hmm. In fact, your, your, uh, your lovely wife, uh, Crystal, uh, said to me one day, she goes, Dad, you never stop pastoring. Yeah, That was one of the greatest compliments because it's my heart. Well, here's the thing. When I go to a restaurant and there's really bad service, you know, I, I'm really let down because <laughs> I'm going, Bud, you know, the food may not taste good, but the least you can do is serve it on time. The least you can do is get my water when I ask for more water. And so where my tendency is, is to grumble and complain about others who don't serve others mm-hmm. well. And it's it's still not a good because well, you trait. look at their you've been in their exact position and you know how to do their job yeah right and so yeah like if you're tired well, so you have an expectation there you go so lower the expectation recognize it's very natural to grumble and complain instead of trying to stop grumbling and complaining what you do is you move at gratitude affirmation encouragement and here's what I promise because I've seen it in my own life. And, uh, you know, I, I love when people say, do you know everybody? No, it's just because I've been at the church for 24 years. But I think people really uh, appreciate me because I have worked on this area of affirmation encouragement. And most people don't know where it stems from. Where does it stem from? I was consistently criticized as a kid, mm. consistently badgered. I grew up in a very unhealthy home. And when I finally came to faith and I started in the church and I realized this gift of affirmation and encouragement and I started receiving it, I thought, oh my gosh, this is, this is so beautiful. And I wanted to give it to others. Remember the uh, golden rule? Treat others as you want do to be Do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know a person that would say, I don't need any encouragement. Right. So that's what I try to give. And I, I love uh, I love this podcast. I love doing this with you. 
because uh, it just it connects us. Yeah. And if it if it blesses one person, it's worth it. Yeah. Well, here I am right here, so you, it's worth it. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to next week. Okay. Thanks, guys. We'll uh, we'll we'll keep you up to date. You can always reach out to us. Relationship by the book at outlook.com. Thanks.